We're ready to talk some beer. We're ready to talk some music. We're ready to talk some shit. This is what we do. off i heard it it's funny i didn't but even need look, to see it right i just need to hear it and i can hear you twist it there's yeah it's not near as satisfying of a sound but you'll notice i'm still pouring it out yeah that means so, maybe a little taller maybe a bomber no it's a normal yeah. six pack well let's go ahead and get into it so my beer this week is yingling hershey's chocolate porter this is interesting. I've seen this in pictures saying, would you drink this? And I, I will try it, but I don't think I'm going to like it. And I'm excited that you got it. I have to admit, I'd already cracked into one earlier. Did you? And it's so damn good. It's so good. Like, it really caught me off guard. So not so like, is it sweet? That's what my, no, no. cool. Man. No, not at all. So like, and it's funny, it's funny that they did the, the Hershey's chocolate as a co-branding thing. Because yeah. normally it's like, you'll see chocolate stouts and stuff all the time. And like beer drinkers know that the chocolate style is because they use like the chocolate malts and stuff. So it gives you that, like, there's like the most subtle, like flavoring of, of a dark, of an unsweet, dark chocolate, some, you know, kind of bitter and stuff like that you look at the Hershey's thing and you think, what is that going to be? Is it supposed to be like a chocolate drink? And it, no, it's like a conventional Porter. Like it's, it's not too, I mean, it's super dark, but it's not too, uh, too heavy, like a stout would be. So like pretty traditional in that sense. Um, like not too much, uh, not too much carbonation to head up on top. It kind of dissipates real quick. So it's easy to drink, but it has a dark, you know, the, the dark beer flavor that you're going to want from it. And the Hershey's is just like this dark sort of the hint that's in there. It's really, really damn good. All right. All right, Christopher, this, this is testing your your beer taste, uh, putting my trust into you. I'm going to buy a six-pack and uh, and try it out. And I have, I have friends here who will take it if I don't want it. But uh, There you go. I'm, I'm trusting you with my, my $9.99. Uh, yeah. If it's even that, dude, that, that's and that's what's funny because it's like Yingling for people who aren't as familiar because it just it's regional, like they're out of um, they're out of Pennsylvania, like yeah. in the, you know, outside of Philly. My my boss actually lives in like the suburbs and of outside of Philadelphia, and he's like, man, I'm I'm like three miles away from the Yingling Brewery, and he told me about this like several years ago before they started distributing this era area and he was like that's like bud light out here that's just what people drink it's a it's an old brewery it's been around forever and in new england i guess it's real it's the real common domestic they started yeah. marketing it everywhere you know in texas it seems yeah. like they were down here mm-hmm. definitely marketed everywhere uh and everything i've had from them has been pretty pretty good uh no complaints here uh, no pretty, it's good it's just too. like it's, yeah it's just domestic stuff so it's like you know, like it gives you more, more flavor than your standard domestics. And even the, um, like, have you had the flight yet? Yeah, like their yeah. low calorie beer, mm-hmm. way more flavor than something like a, like a Michelob ultra. 
Like, yeah. it, you know what I mean? And that's kind of what it's competing with. So everything that they make is, is good, but I've never seen anything craftish. And then I saw that, that it was a Hershey's chocolate porter and it, it's really damn good. And it's very, very drinkable. Like you would think that the, just dark beers in general, it's hard to put back, you know, multiples at a time, but it doesn't have that, that heaviness to it that, that like a stout would, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just right, man. I think that you'll dig it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely try I it. I stake my reputation on it. Gotcha. Put my whole, I'm putting my name on the line. <laughs> I'll grab some. I'm going to go to the store tomorrow and grab some. Um, That's what's up. Mine has a little bit of a, a story to it. So uh, yeah. went to the store today. I didn't have it planned, but I threw on my uh, my Adelbert's Brewery t-shirt to local Austin Brewery. Just threw it on. Nice. Just saw it. Saw my green t-shirt. Threw it on. Didn't think twice about it, but sad story is they closed for good this past Monday. Like they had to shut down because the rent was too yeah. high at the brewery. So they shut down beloved brewery here in Austin. It's been, been since 2011. Um, they do a lot of stuff for the community around there. So everybody was real sad that they're closing down. And I yeah. didn't have to think about it, whatever I threw on the t-shirt today, but going to get a beer, I was looking at the bombers looking at six packs nothing was really calling to me and i see this bottle kind of like halfway in the shelf and i go and grab it and it's like a, the last adelbert's bomber in there it looks pretty cool too uh it's oh, a triple dope. yeah it's a triple l bad boy brew it's like batch number one it says so it's a cool looking bottle i might actually keep it um yeah that's so that's worthy of keeping for sure it was like a little serendipitous that I had the shirt on and they closed this week and I just happened to find the last beer. And even the cherry on top of that, where I found it, the price tag said $15. And I was like, you know what? $15 is fine. It might be pretty good. And if anything, it's cool. Cool story. And I get to the register and it rung up $4.99, which is like hey. super win. Got a $5 beer, $5 bomber. I don't know if it was on discount, if the lady just scanned it wrong. I don't know what went on. Yeah. Beer God's just looking out for me, but that's a win, dude. That's a win, especially for a triple, because normally any of those styles are going to be right. Yeah, expand. They're going to be high alcohol. And they're going to be expensive. Yeah. And, uh, so this one's like nine point seven. Uh, the quick little um, it, like description of it is clove and pear aromas. Um. So, yeah, let's let's give it a try. I've actually already been drinking. It. I can tell you, it's good. But I'll drink it again just for for uh, current. Yeah, just to get that experience. Yeah, it's real good. It's a real good L. Like it's it's not yeah. um, it's not so strong. It's it tastes like an L. It matches pretty well with like some food. I bet. Um, one of those. Yeah, even at that alcohol content, that's always yeah. nice, man. Whenever it's whenever you can get like the punch mm -hmm. of just a high gravity beer, but it's not overwhelming or anything like that. I'm picturing two things. So first off, I'm picturing basically you coming across that last beer. It's kind of like um, whenever Charlie on the, the Willy Wonka movie with um, with Gene, whenever he, you know, they think that the that the whole contest is over, all the last ticket was found, but then he, he just goes and he buys the, the thing and then he comes across the golden ticket. It was basically that was the narrative and the, the the picture yeah. that I had painted in my head of you finding that beer that it was just like a ah, it's the last one and it's yeah. like you got a golden ticket man I, I have a better story like that kind of goes with that I think I might have told you this or 
maybe mentioned it, but like we used to do uh, during a college basketball's tournament, March Madness, maybe when I was 12, 13, maybe even younger, they used to do teams underneath bottles of Mountain Dew and Pepsi. And yeah. like you would just get a team. And if your team won, you won like the big super sweepstakes, whatever. But your team had yeah. to win the whole championship. And we we did it like maybe for three or four years, me and my dad. And one of the years he had spent so much money on friggin' Mountain Dew, Code Red, regular Mountain Dew and Pepsi. It's ridiculous how much money we spent on 20 ounce Cokes. But um, very last night, championship game, Kentucky and Arizona are facing. And we were just getting like just stupid, dumb schools, like just low level schools that would never win the championship, you know, doubles yeah. of them, triples of them. And I kid you not, I pull it, and I remember paying for it because I ran in and grabbed one, opening it before I got to the, the car and just, like, running up to my dad and just being like, I got Arizona, and they play tonight, blah, 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 and they end up winning. And then just being so disappointed that they just sent a hat. And it was just, like, one of those junky-looking, like, <laughs> junky-looking stupid hats that I had no, like, want for. But, like, we spent so, it was like a, you know, it had to be, like, a $500 hat. You know, just but the yeah. fun the fun of just, <laughs> just doing the whole the whole bottle caps and stuff like that um but it was like one of those really wonky moments it was like last night you could you could do it and it just happened to twist off and it was there and i had a chance and they ended up winning and that's uh that's my uh fame moment um my I like that. claim to fame moment of winning something because i'm pretty that's unlucky your, that's your early 90s um like coming of age movie yeah. Yeah. Like, what would be the song? What's the song that was sort of whenever you first noticed that that was oh, uh, that, that one, was man. the winner? What song was playing in the background? Semi Charm Life, but <laughs> but Third Eye Blind. Yeah, that, that would fit pretty well. I like that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, even though it's not like a good song, just lyric wise, that would go along with it. Um, I don't know. Let's do, let's do something with Jock Jams though, since it's like sports related. Oh, just that's like, good. Yeah, let's do something on the Jock Jams one. Uh, just like, yeah, pump, pump. Yeah, that, that type of thing. Yeah, the, y'all ready for this? The... Dude, so we we listened to that, like, just a few hours ago. So that became um, our our middle dog's, her her, her pump-up song for, for soccer, which we we're, were at a game earlier, which they won again. So they have... They're basically, they have to play a game on Saturday morning and then they'll be in the championship game, which is pretty cool for the little tournament. But that's, that became her pump up song is that, and it's one of those like ironic initially, yeah. but it's like, no, I just like it. Cause this is actually really still dope. So that's what we rock out to in the car. There's so, so many layers too. Cause like everybody can have their own yeah. car and uh, it's such a, it's such a good pump up song. So yeah, let's go with that one. And I like uh, it. Maybe in the movie. And it doesn't talk way. about crystal meth like, yeah. like semi-charm life. So exactly, exactly. Uh maybe in the movie though, like I'll have like a better prize. Like, like maybe my my prize is like I, I go one-on-one -on -one with like Michael Jordan or somebody. Uh, yeah. It's just much like a much better prize. Maybe I'm like like Mike and I get a pair of Jordans or something. Like, the hat's like signed by Mark McGuire or something. <laughs> like something like that. Yeah. But it's gotta be early and it's gotta be early enough in the era for it right. to still be really good. And so maybe there's the, no asterisks next to the prize, but yeah, maybe the hat makes me play basketball better. And then that just starts the whole like supernatural movement of, of the movie. 
me going to the league and stuff. But anyways, I like that. I don't know where we we got off on that tangent, but um, anyways, what's up, man? How how you been? I know it's been a little bit. The only other dude, the only other thing I was going to mention is that like, what if you're running a little bit of a gamble knowing that that brewery went out of business? What if that was the best like beer you've ever had and you couldn't have it again? Like that, you could have potentially set yourself up for failure. I did think of that. And I almost thought of not opening it and just like sitting on it for a while. But I wanted to tell the story because it was a cool story. I told, I told me cool when, when I got here, what happened. And uh, my favorite part was it was $4.99. Uh, <laughs> that was my favorite. Part. <laughs> but uh, that's a anyway, win. That's yeah, a golden ticket for sure. For sure. But uh, that was a cool story. And it's a good beer. And uh, I'll at least keep the bottle just for the, for the story. But, I'm with that. I'm with that. Man, so you do anything, anything exciting over the this past weekend? This past weekend, no. <laughs> but the weekend before <laughs> we went to like this past weekend, I was resting from my October that I had. But uh, yeah. I haven't talked to you since I went to the um, the F1 race, which is here in yeah. Austin. Huge thing, huge thing here in Austin. Like just stops the whole side of the the city, uh, the east side of the city. Um, it was it was fun. I, saw, I went, yeah, a lot of people. I was gonna say, I saw people that I knew, like on IG, they were posting that they were there. That I didn't even know they were into it. Yeah. Who live in this area and they travel down there just for that? Like that yeah, was that was really kind of cool seeing that. And you meet like all kinds of people from all over the world, let alone the U.S. That just go there for that event. Like they're a traveling, like like a traveling Super Bowl. I would I would kind of. Like the biggest yeah. event, the biggest sporting event travels to each country and puts on a show. And that's exactly what they do. They go all out. Um, it was fun, man. I went I went Friday and Saturday. And then uh, the race was on Sunday, but I didn't go to that because we had a soccer game that day. But, um, but Friday and Saturday were cool, man. Like it was definitely like tons of people, um, expensive one, but then also just a cool environment. Like the cars just so fast uh so cool looking um and the whole just i don't know lifestyle of everybody it was just everybody just like enjoys it so much you get to talk to people about it who enjoy yeah. it and it's just a, a good thing that is cool it's good mind. energy i'm sure that yeah it's a perfect uh word for it the energy just around the whole thing was fun and kind of like not so much like animosity it's like as far as like when you have like american sports where it's like a team versus a team and they're just like kind of hate each other yeah. and they're kind of just you know always kind of tension there it was all fun and just everybody was happy to be there and having the best time and everybody looked out for each other and so that was cool um my favorite part of the weekend was on saturday i ended up going by myself and mandy laid back and so i kind of had it in my head the whole day that i was going to try to sneak into some very expensive areas and the first one i tried i did so uh nice went into the Alfa Romeo VIP area and fire. Knew That's I, so sick. Knew I wasn't supposed to be there one, but then also free buffet, free drinks. Um, everybody had badges on, but me. And like, I got to talking up a few people and one guy said he paid like 3,500 for it. Another guy said he paid like six grand for his. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, no way. And the seats there that they had their own like seating area that they could see the race and it was like a great view. Yeah. And so like, as soon as I got in there, I like asked a guy and he was like, oh yeah, you're supposed to have a badge. And I was like, 
well, I'm going to hang out here until someone tells me to leave. And uh, yeah. I just immediately just started like pounding like bullet and Cokes and like just any yeah. type of spirits they had available. I always ordered two drinks at a time. And I was just kind of like making sure I got one, I got two plates of food and then I got as many Fire. drinks as possible. And then like I met up with some other coworkers of mine that were there watching the race afterwards. And I kind of told them about it and we all had a good time, but I had the best time. So uh, you had the I, best time for I didn't sure. spend any money there. And it was like fifteen to eighteen dollars a drink, and food was expensive. And you had the also the best. Like, not only did you get it for free, you had the the highest quality of it. Yep. Like, it would have been dope if, like, whenever you tell the story, this is what you should also do just to embellish it. Say that you had to fake an Italian accent as part <laughs> of the as part of the sneaking in. Yeah, just just to, to say that you're part of the alpha team or something like that. And that's funny because um, that, that'd be what really good. One of my friends asked me how I did it. And I was like, I told them my last name was Romeo. And they were like, no, but seriously. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you didn't believe that. I guess nobody would. But I was like, that would probably be a funny story. Um, maybe when I retell it too, is maybe I like, they were like, maybe I, they thought I was the driver. And it was just like, oh yeah, I'm the driver <laughs> of, the, of the car. <laughs> like you, you, My name's on the car. <laughs> That's perfect. You're Actually, just wearing gloves for no reason whenever you're up yeah. there in the box. Like I, I sat in the car for like five seconds before they realized it it wasn't the right guy. Uh and then yeah, I, I got kicked out, but it was worth it. Anyways, that's the best part of the of the the racing weekend was doing that. And uh I gotta thank my dad because he's always has like the guts and the balls to kind of just overplay his his hand when it comes to stuff like that. Like we've he snuck yeah. us into so many things, and I'm just like, no, no, what are you doing? We can't be here. And I'm just always like the the guy that's like role follower and he's always just like oh yeah let's just sneak in here and do this i remember doing that to like multiple like sporting events wrestling events that we used to go to just like sneak in places and i don't know i don't live that life but i decided to do it solo and i was it was much easier so that's dumb but uh but yeah man yeah i guess fun. so because it's like it's it's a little bit gonna be a little like less threatening and stuff like yeah. that so it's like to go in there by yourself instead of rolling with some sort of entourage and making it weird yeah, especially that's with dope, like man with my wife like i don't want her to get like thrown in jail because of some dumb thing that i did right. you know like thrown in, right. in italian jail <laughs> exactly or like the the slight chance that she gets in and i don't and i'm just like fuck like what am i what am i supposed to do like oh uh, no dude you could set some whole thing in motion where she meets a, an actual driver and stuff and exactly they just they drive away into the italian sunset like it's just not worth it you played it right and you won like they, nobody called your bluff and, and you won that's how you do it I'm not I am, bold like that. Like I am usually not either, man. But I decided to yeah. do it this time, and and I uh, I'm up like a good probably 300 bucks on F1. So uh, there you go. Went went to me that weekend. So yeah, man. That, that was that's that's nothing but W's. Yeah, good weekend. Uh, soccer game. We won. We lost this past weekend, which was lame. So our season's over, and it's on to football. But yeah, man, that was mine. Kind of chilling for the rest of the year. Hopefully, do do holidays and. No more concerts, no more events. I don't think so. Not yet, at least. So. That's pretty dope. Like that, you you capped it off. That was a lot of stuff all all in a row, and it was a lot of variation too. Yeah, like it was very broad scope of things that you were doing, and then capping it off with sneaking into the thing and having a story to tell and everything, and just that that experience. That's so dope. Like, dude, I've never done anything like that. Like, like that far. Like, I would, uh, you know, kind of push my way towards like meeting people in bands and stuff and you know mm -hmm. getting 
getting things autographed like back then I would, you know what I mean? Like the boldest thing I would do is like steal a poster off the wall, like one of the tour posters and get those signed just because that's always cool kind of memorabilia, but it's not like I was like, that was that big of a deal. Cause it's like, right. if I'm seeing some band at a small venue and stuff, it's like, they're just going to trash that right afterwards anyway. So True. it's not like I'm, I'm doing something that's really, really dangerous or anything like that, but that's pretty much the, the extent of it is that type of stuff. I did get into an after party for bone thugs whenever they were in Amarillo. I guess maybe that's, that's, what, that's what bone did you claim to be? Were you just like, <laughs> like some sort of Mexican bone? I'm trying to think. <laughs> for real, <laughs> just the, just carne asada or something. Yeah. Pollo bone. yeah. <laughs> for, dude, like, okay. So, okay. This will be my bold story. There's a little bit of boldness to this one, I guessed. So yeah. So we went to this concert. There was three of us, uh, including my little brother. Um, that we went, it was a real small venue. I don't know if you remember like South beach club, Baloo, that location that went through a lot of different changes. That's where yeah. bone thugs performed. So it was this, you know, that. tiny little bar. Yeah. Yeah. So we went to that and like, it was just, it was cool. Um, and my brother, I was like 18 or 19. So my brother was still in high school. He was probably like 17, maybe 16 at the time, but it, you know, it's still all ages show or whatever. So we went, that was cool. We saw them and like, they said that they were going to that they were going to have a, an after party at the holiday Inn, at, you know, off of I-40 or whatever it was. And then, so I was like, let's just drive over there and just to see if maybe we can see them coming out of the bus. Cause it's like, what are we going to do now? Like those types of shows, sometimes they'll end at like midnight. Like we're not ready to go home yet. So we went over there and the buses did pull up. So they were just out there. And like, we started, do you remember the Mo thugs, like mm-hmm. ghetto cowboy, those guys. So like we talked kind of chopped it up with them for a little bit. And they were just talking about going, you know, about the tour. But then like the other, the actual Bone Thugs guys, they started going in, they go into the to the thing. They're just kind of waving and stuff, right? And then like one of the promoter roadie guys or something is like, yeah, we're having, you know, after party, like meet us around at the side door. And then we're, they were going to charge people however much money to get in. And it wasn't even like a great deal of money. It was like 20 bucks a piece or something like that, right? So this is the bold part. So he's standing out there and he's just pointing at people. And like, you know, you know, how many people are you with? Like you, you come over here. Right. So he points out me. It's like, who are you with? And I was like, oh, my brother. And then and this girl. Cool. So we go up there. He's like, you know, I'm like, how much is it? And, you know, he tells me the thing and I'm like, I'm broke. Like I said, I'm like 18, 19. So I pull out my cash and I'm counting it, but I don't have enough. So I tried to pull the, you remember the <laughs> big worm smoky yeah. thing? Yeah. I did that literal thing. Where I started turning it over and trying to make it look like I had more money than it was. And he was like, wait, what was that? And then I was doing it again. And I was like, well, that's this much and stuff. And he was just like, dude, fuck it, just go in. And he just like <laughs> took that money. So that was kind of funny. So it's like I, I hustled them out of, I don't know, $35 or whatever the hell it was. So then we went in, we went to a room, we were kicking it. And it was like one of the dudes from the group was in there, but not the actual Bone Thugs dudes. We did walk up and the girl I was with, like hugged crazy bone. She was just like ran up to him and stuff, which is kind of cool. Cause, I mean, cause they're still legends. Like, even though, like, even at that point they were already well past, but uh, like past the prime, but they're still legends. And then like, we went into the room and then like, we're just kind of kicking it in there. And it was like, hella awkward. It's it still felt like, like a normal high school party where everyone's just like sitting around waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And then like, so then they start like passing around some, some weed and stuff. And like, and then the other dude's like, yo, I'm not going to hit that. He's like, I didn't see you roll it. Cause they're just like, 
they're not from that area. They're doing all this thing. And like, so then, you know, and we're like, I don't know, I'm not trying to mess with any of that. Like I've heard all these bone thug songs. I don't know, <laughs> you know, dipped in angel dust. I don't know what the hell's going haunted. on. Like this is could be haunted yeah, by could be. the Ouija board. Yeah. It could be haunted by uncle Charles. I don't know what, what's going on with this. So I don't want to mess with that. Right. And, um, and then somebody comes in like cops are coming, cops are coming. Like, um, and like right as we're walking out, cause then somebody was just like, yo, if you're not 18, then you got to go. And my brother, like I said, was 16, 17 at most. And we're just like, yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's not worth it. So we start going, we're walking out right as we're walking out. Someone else is going in saying that the cops are coming. And then like, we were walking down the hall as like a group of however many cops were just walking down the, you know, the other direction towards the rooms and stuff. And then we just, we, we left. So we didn't, you know, we weren't there whenever whatever happened and stuff. And like I said, this is 20 years ago, damn near. So obviously smoking out a holiday in is yeah. definitely frowned upon in the Texas panhandle Bible belt. So no telling like, you know, what, what happened with those people. <laughs> how many, but, uh, how many uh, sentences they got for that? They're probably still yeah. in, probably still they're in. Probably, <laughs> they're still there just hoping, hoping that Kim Kardashian hears their story and, and helps get their their sentences commuted. So, um, yeah, that was my. I didn't get to join the group or anything like that. I was hoping I would, but but it was still yeah. it was at least a story. And I pulled the Smoky Friday. That was, that was good. Yeah, that that was good. So my my point to help you embellish next time you tell this story is okay. that you that you rapped for Busy Bone, and he said, "Man, I got to put you on," and you never just got back with him, and. uh that was your shot, but you kind of went the other way because you never returned the call or something like that. The email got lost, whatever. The the Palm Pilot just didn't connect or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that that Palm Trio, yeah, uh, screen went out. He so, was too high. To, uh, he was too high to remember my name, so he never, he never got back to me. Um, <laughs> filed a restraining order on me because I didn't leave the room, but uh, yeah. Like I, I like that. I think I'll I'll throw that out there. I have to mention like sliding a demo because like because yeah. that sounds cool. Like I slid him the demo, you know, and you know just didn't some things just don't work out and just make it seem like, you know what True. I mean? Yeah, like that was your that was one of the moments that could have turned your life around, but you know, the CD didn't work or it was scratched or something. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what happened to that CD? But I'll just say if it didn't happen like that, then I wouldn't be the man I am today. <laughs> And you can and you can justify any bullshit if, on, by saying on, that. On God, on God, on God. Biggest news in music right now is Tay Tay, it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> she dropped Midnight's first um first album in I think like two years. Um first tour in like five because i think they just released the tour dates today i actually checked it out which i don't normally uh do it was just i was just kind of kind of curious yeah, and it wasn't what i was expected yeah i i let me I'll, I'll uh i'll start mine i did listen to it not at midnight sorry guys um i listened to it when i woke up the next day that was like one of the i was laying in bed and i just started listening to it um and yeah, uh, kind of was just had no no expectations of it, and uh, I will say it's always nice. 
it started off pretty, pretty, pretty good. Like I really like that Lavender Haze song that starts out the, the album. That's a keeper. Like yeah. I, I heard I, that and I was like, whoa, this is going to be different than what I expected in that. Cause that song was, was yeah. actually really good. It, it might actually be my favorite song on the album, but I yeah. do. And saying that it, it de- definitely took a little bit of a dip here and there. Um, overall different sound, uh, but more of just like a mature sound of what she's been doing. Um, there's a few in here that are great. What kind of gets me with, with Taylor is the whole, the persona of her kind of, I don't know, the whole cussing thing kind of throws me a little bit. The Okay, thank you. A little bit of a try hard type thing to where it's like, uh, it's not, you don't really need that. Like, I don't know. Like you're losing probably some of your fans with that. And then you're also not gaining any because they probably think it's kind of a forced thing to do. Um, that kind of threw me off oh. here and there. And you can kind of see the explicit lyric or the explicit little E on some of these things. And I'm like, oh, that's a little off. Yeah. That was uh, weird. Hearing her use the F word in particular, I don't even remember what song it was on, yeah. but um, it might've been the vigilante shit yeah, is the name of the is. song. And like, and that, that threw me off. And for whatever reason, like, Obviously, we're not sensitive to that type of stuff. It's like we can listen to some Cardi and some City Girls right now if we need to. We're not afraid of <laughs> of, of, of of hearing an empowered woman say some some naughty words, but it just sounds weird. Like I don't know. Sometimes with certain types of acts, like, you know what it reminds me of. If I'm being honest, it's almost like whenever the Disney starlet has yeah. sheds their their Disney persona. Like whenever Miley you know, came out the gate, she went from party in the USA to, you know, to whatever the hell it was that she was doing. Um, not that some of it wasn't actually kind of decent music, but like, you know, she, she took it to an extreme where it's like this huge overcorrection. Um, Ariana, we kind of touched on her music like last week about how she got more mature, started, you know, more explicit themes and stuff like that. Yeah, but and, hers but was she, a little bit more of a slower transition. And, and she it pulled it off. Like, it was more sincere. And I think that's the biggest part of it, is it feels a little forced. Like, she kind of was like, oh, it'd be cool, right, if I said fuck here, instead of just like, you were such a bad guy. Maybe you were just a fucking yeah. bad guy. And it's just like, it's really just not needed. And I don't, it's not a, it's not a, I'm not like, it's horrible because she did it. It just didn't feel right. Um so that was just one of the call outs I wanted to make. Yeah. It didn't feel right. I don't know for whatever reason. She's like what 30 something now, so it doesn't matter age thing. It's just one of those weird things that Yeah, and it's not one of those things where it's like, "Oh, I I, I need you to still be, you know, the you yeah. know, the young girl with the guitar, that crying on the guitar sort of thing." It's like it's not that. Like you can grow and mature and you can do that type of stuff. Like, but if it doesn't sound right, then it just doesn't sound right. So, and then it starts to become, it sounds like it's forced and like you're trying to, to pander a little bit. Yeah. So like the, I did hear, so before I heard the album, I heard the anti-hero song because that video, you know, obviously it blew up. Like everything that she's ever going to do is going to blow up. And, um, and I didn't care for it. Like, it was like, I kind of liked some aspects of it, but it just wasn't there. And like the fact that it's already blowing up like TikTok, Instagram reels just because of the, you know, it's my fault thing or whatever the hell the chorus says, like it almost felt like it was written to go mm. viral in a 10 second clip. And, and glad you said that, because that's what I think is what misses on a lot of this stuff. It's almost there. Like it, every part of almost every song 
it's like it oh it's almost there but it's almost like she tried for a good 30 seconds and then it kind of just like went to the uh whatever like just just kind of put fillers in and then just like make sure yeah. you have a good 30 seconds in each song to kind of make it go like viral and that's kind this of is the viral part yeah and so and I, I honestly think she wasn't even hiding that aspect of it either because she's promoting it like it should be like on like viral trends and stuff like that she's telling people how that's to true. go buy it and doing all this and uh, we'll get into that later but hearing some of like her her fans that i know that i work with um that love and stand and will do anything for for taylor they're, they're, they're like yeah. claimed swifties whatever they call themselves yeah. and hear them talk about like this isn't their her best work it's a little bit of a tryhard. She's doing it for TikTok, really, and kind of huh. not bashing, but just like you can kind of hear that they're a little disappointed in the album. And it was hyped up to be this like event at midnight, and I think it kind yeah. of fell short. And and I think it says something. Saying, I mean, I'm only you know a, a handful of fans that I know kind yeah. of disappointed in it, so I'm not you know speaking for the masses on that. But it just felt like they didn't get tricked into what she was trying to trick them into doing. Um, yeah. And that they kind of like, that's what I'm saying. Like it's not needed on some of that stuff because she already has her core base that's in the billions, you know, and there's, yeah. not, there's no need to kind of shift, but you know, you also have that other stuff with, with the, the old label and um, what's his name? Scooter Braun and all that stuff. Yeah. And she, I think she kind of wants to break out of a shell and kind of prove herself to kind of do a lot of the things on her own and not having to overcome all that, but who knows? Um, but I did, I did like a lot of the sounds on here. It's just fell short on a lot of songs. And um, after that initial yeah. song, it just kind of went downhill a little bit, um, but not horrible, not horrible. Not horrible. I, I liked more about it than, than I, than I thought. And like, so in terms of the sound, it sounds like the way that it's recorded and produced and mixed is quite a bit different from a lot of her previous stuff. So it's a little bit more raw. Everything has that like singing in the shower sort of reverb so that it, it gives it a little bit more of an indie type of feel. Um, so it's it's less like overproduced, like yeah. conventional major pop songs, which um, good call. On that. I like it does, that. It does, sound, it does sound indie. So go ahead. Yeah. And, and I, I like that style. But one thing that it kind of exposed for me a little bit is how kind of weak as a vocalist she is. Now, I'm not saying she's a bad singer by any means, but there were some songs whenever she would, whenever, you know, whenever she's singing them, that it, because it's not as produced, it was like, I get the whole rawness. And it's fun if you can't sing really, really well. It's like, you know, you think about your Bob Dylan's and Johnny Cash's and stuff. Sometimes it's not predicated on that. She writes on all her music. So if she's a singer-songwriter, that's fine. But it was like a little bit, just kind of unusual. I was like, this sounds a little bit weaker. And whenever I was listening to it, I was like, I think that the vast majority of this music would have sounded better if someone else sang it. Like if she wrote it for it, like just only took part as a writer, co-producer and wrote it for other people who had more of a sincere approach to, to that style that she was shooting for. So it, yeah. it wouldn't sound as, as That's such a good call. Cause the biggest, like not the biggest, but one of the big things that stand out when you look at these track lists is the song with Lana Del Rey. And I kept on thinking when I was listening to it, like Lana, this should be a Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 
maybe she would have pulled it off a little bit better, like a, a Sia or something like that. Anyways, we can, yeah. we can kind of go on and on about who who would sound better doing these songs. But uh, that's you just I mean, that was just a great call by you on all that stuff. You said, like, I, I agree with everything. Um, it's pretty spot on. Yeah, yeah. So the um, it's funny. So Lana Del Rey thing, like before I even got to that track, we're listening to it in the car. And so I didn't even look at the track list because I'm just like hitting just going through the actual thing in order. And I was already thinking it sounds like Lana Del Rey prior to even getting to that song that she's on. And, um, and, th- and I was also one of the artists that came to mind that um, she's real like indie and might be an industry plant. It's just kind of a whole thing around it, but is it Claro? Are you familiar with, with Claro? Yeah. Yeah. I know um, who you're talking about. Cool. Yeah. So like she has a song forever and she has that indie sound. And mm-hmm. I was like, this actually, that reminds me, of of her in in a way too. So whenever I get on Wikipedia, I look and then like the main producer on it, um, Jack Antonoff, it's like, lo and behold, the people who he's produced, Lord, Florence and the Machine, Lana mm, Del Rey. That makes so much and, sense. And Claro is another one. So all those people that that we thought that it sounded like, I, I think it's more because of him than it is for for her. Like he has co-writing credits on literally every song on there. And um yeah, hmm. so that kind of like that all that all lined up. Like so it, a lot of times that's not to take away from her talent and her writing ability and stuff like that. Obviously, she knows what she's doing to to like reach her demographic, but like this album in particular sounds like it's overwhelmingly that guy's influence on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe maybe if she tries this again with maybe even the same people, it might hit a little hmm. bit better. Um, just because she'll be more seasoned with with the sound, because uh, I think it took one a lot of people by surprise on the direction she went. But yeah. I'm also trying to think of like what more could she like what different what's something different she could have done? Like she wasn't gonna go back to like a pop type of country folk type. Yeah. Like she wasn't gonna do that. She had to like mature somehow, and this was probably like the best move for her. like if i were not a producer but if i were going to produce her it would be towards this direction of the lana and like the, the people we talked about like that would be the direction i would probably push her towards uh yeah. to make that type of music going forward but i will say a lot of it kind of sounded the same uh which i i think i did need a little bit i don't know whatever thrown in there like I don't want to, I don't want to throw her into the R and B side of it because I love R and B. But it would have been nice for her to try that out a little bit um, on this while she's going in that direction. Like we we speak on journals all the time. Like that's what yeah. shifted the tilt on on Bieber. It was just like, nah, this dude has like that that it on top of everything else. And maybe if she would have done a little bit of that on here, it would have because that that first song honestly kind of tricked me into this maybe being an R and B album. Okay. I want to talk on that. So, um, so that one, like, so that song, song stuck out to me, Lavender Haze, Karma and Glitch. All of those songs stuck out to me. The production was pretty solid on all those whenever I was going through the Wikipedia. So, um, that Jack Antonoff guy, he produced the, the vast majority of it, but those particular songs also had co-production credits from Soundwave. And if you know anything about TDE, Soundwave did, ADHD, Mad City, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe, 
loyalty. Um, he did yeah, all the stars, which, you know, that's a Grammy winning song. Um, yeah. And 95, all those things like he's done a lot. I mean, he's, he's worked a little bit with like, uh, Thundercat, some other people, but, um, overwhelmingly it's been Kendrick TDE stuff. And, uh, it's funny that the songs, yeah. the three songs that stuck out to me the most because they were the most attainable to me. It was all produced by the same dude. And it's, I don't know. I thought that that was kind of funny. And it just also shows you that sometimes like the influence, I don't know. I think whenever they get to a certain level that there's so much like assistance with the stuff, like how much of it is it really them anymore? And again, not to say that she didn't have to take a big part in it, but like how much of it truly is. Cause it's like the songs that were, that I liked were by a particular producer who happened to make all this other music that I liked, even though I didn't know that. Like I, yeah. I didn't know his his credits or anything like that. I just I knew the name. That was yeah. it. But um, you're really you know, good at that. You're that really good at like the producer year and like pointing out producers. Like we talked about earlier with Wayne, and you just happened to know the producer out of left field. And I was like, yeah, that's right. I checked it. You're right on that. But that's kind of odd. And I don't know. Like I want to give her more credit because of the songwriter aspect of it. So right, I I want to give her the not being a a, a machine where she has everybody doing everything for her and she's auto-tune based and she really only has the look and not so much of a talent because I do think she's talented as a songwriter. Um, yeah, for sure. I think you're spot on with the singing that maybe um, this type of sound is doesn't help, doesn't compliment her, her voice as much. Um, no. So I, I don't know. Again, like I was trying to figure out which way she could have gone, but I think it was a good attempt I just think it needs some some fine tuning, and um, yeah, I'm just interested to see what she thinks if this is a success because it is because chart wise it is and everything else it is. But if yeah. like the fans don't like it, does that affect her a little bit more than like it being um, highly touted in like Billboard? You know, which is more important to her, and I would think it'd be the fans' reception from it. Uh, which I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not in that space. I only heard from, you know, probably like yeah. five or six people who just like didn't love it. Like they loved other Taylor Swift stuff. She's supposed to be kind of a people's champ, like a large scale version of it, but a people's champ sort of artist in terms of like her demographic. Cause it's like, yeah. she's because she's, you know, so heavily involved with the writing and she started out having like that sort of realistic vulnerability in her music. And it's like, you know, and it becomes kind of the cliche joke about her, like, you know, her breakup yeah. songs and all this types of stuff. But like, there was a few, like the vigilante shit in particular, like that was one of those ones that just felt very forced. And it was just like, yeah, it, it was like, it, it, you know, it sounded like somebody else doing it, like a Taylor Swift impression over this other type of beat. And it was like, cause you know, her talking about the guy and it was like her, it, it sounded cliche for her, like, you know, because it lost that sort of sincerity or something. So I agree with you completely. That's such a good take that this still was the right move, just sonically and just, in, you know, in terms of her career. But um, like you said, it just kind of lacked a something in the execution that didn't didn't yeah. quite land. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't I don't know, again, what to kind of like sum it all up and it's kind of pass fill and yeah. do all that. Cause I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a 
big fan, but yeah. musically she's a big thing and the rollout was very unique and the aftermath yeah. of the rollout was unique and like props to her for hyping that up and kind of building a story around the the rollout because I love that type of stuff. And so yeah. she knows what she's doing. It's just, I don't know, maybe the everything else is becoming more of the forefront than the actual music now. Yeah, and that, like that can happen with really, you know, ultra famous types of artists. Like I'm looking at that and um, like on the, the wiki page for the critical reception, it says it was met with widespread critical acclaim. So the vast majority of music critics um, were praising the, the subdued production and vocals. You know, same things that we were talking about that we actually did kind of like about it, that it was a bit more, a little more raw, a little more indie, um, whatever. So critically, like it did extremely well. But like you said, it's funny that some of the, you know, yeah. some of the longtime fans were just maybe not feeling it. it. I could see it being a little bit split from like, like the fans who completely grew up with her because they're around the same age and like matured at the same time that she did, that them being more likely to, be kind of disappointed and feeling like it just kind of missed the mark compared to somebody who was, you know, quite a bit younger, maybe like early twenties or something. And they're just like kind of wrapped up in the, yeah, the whole, you know, the, the caricature of whatever she represents. And so they're going to just probably just like it anyway, you know, just kind of that fandom sort of yeah sort of thing. All like the major the, people have them. Like that genre's version of Drake or whatever, to where it's just gonna always you're always gonna have the people who's listened five seconds in is like this is the best album ever, and uh, yeah, they're always gonna the, yeah be in the comments. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but now, so you mentioned like the rollout and everything and the the things that it's doing like chart wise and stuff, and I, I did want to talk about that because that's um it's extremely interesting. So first off, she's setting all sorts of streaming records. Um, I think she broke, I think it was, it might've been Drake's record for like the most streams in a week or something. Uh, maybe it was, it was on one particular platform, but whatever it is, she was breaking records in that regard. So she ended up doing like over 1.5 million equivalent album equivalent units is what they call it now. Um, in the, in a week and which is insanity, like in this day and age, just because the overwhelmingly people stream music and it takes something like a thousand streams to equal like a play. Um, so like it's a, it's a convoluted sort of thing that they keep kind of updating and changing. And um, yeah, so, so she performed extremely well and is just demolishing all these other major names, especially compared to like the hip hop space where hip hop yeah. being like kind of the predominant pop, you know, popular music, like, people aren't doing a, a fraction of what that is. Like it's, it's not even in the same league um, and they're big names. And um, yeah. So now it was interesting. I sent you that article that a, a big part of it, almost half of that was from vinyl sales and um, extremely interesting, but it's also from yeah. the, you know, from, from the strat, the strategic standpoint, like that's pretty brilliant to do it all at once. Cause like, basically she's getting kind of she's double dipping on those people because you know that anybody who's buying the, the vinyl first week they're not listening to the vinyl the whole time whenever they listen to the music like yeah. they, it's in more the of a kind of a collector's item yeah yeah you're not listening to, you don't have a record player in the car so they're streaming otherwise so they're already getting a full album equivalent unit sale off of the off of the vinyl itself 
whether they literally ever put it onto a record player or not. And then they're also going to stream the shit out of it whenever they're fans. So it's like, she gets to kind of double up on it um, with yeah. that, which is, what's your it, thoughts on that? It's pretty, pretty genius being the artist that she is, that she has almost the guaranteed clout to put X amount of vinyls out. Because one thing about vinyl is it's probably not the cheapest thing to make all those damn vinyls. So yeah. Um, and then the the cost of vinyl is pretty expensive. Like it's a very niche thing to do, but it's also like pretty popular now. Um, so to kind of, you know, put it on the table that we're going to do X amount of vinyls and she has the cloud to kind of make her fans go and buy those things on top of getting them to stream at midnight, doing a whole rollout at 3 a.m. Um, she, she's like almost guaranteeing, you know, like this X amount to the label or whatever to herself you know basically her fans are always going to show it for that way so it wasn't like yeah. a major gamble but it was just strategically smart to push all those things and it kind of I'm, I'm interested to see like the next artist whether it be like a a beyonce rihanna is going to drop soon beyonce is going to probably drop next year probably early yeah. and see how they push vinyl or any other type of like source of income who knows it will be out by then uh, where they can make money off of. Like we've talked about it before, I think with like um, DJ Khaled was like doing uh, what concert, maybe Nicki Minaj was doing it. Like concert sales would be like, our tickets would be like counted towards, towards with the uh, bundles, with yeah. the bundles and stuff like that. So there's definitely strategic ways to do it. This one was just very like, it wasn't a secret or anything. She was just, Hey, we're gonna do this, and she executed it, and, and it worked. And um, just, I mean, that's just more props to her and her fans. Like, they just did it. They just they have that model. Not many people could, yeah, that not many people yeah. could replicate it. Honestly, like, no, she didn't show anybody what to do. She could just do it because it's her. Like, yeah, that's ball. Like uh, most artists, like like you said, there is kind of like that push and that that trend of, of vinyl and stuff. But like. Like for example, Kendrick's um, the the vinyl for um, Mr. Morale just came out within the last couple of weeks, and right. that album is months and months old. And that's and it pushed generally it up what they, yeah, it, it does push it up, and it does help. But the most you know, even somebody as major as Kendrick, they generally release the vinyl like well after the album comes out, and it's more to kind of bring it back into the conversation. Coming out the gate with that is um is pretty big so like i found this article that discusses that so like she broke a vinyl record she beat harry styles and it was um, pushed at vinyl i don't record. know i don't know sorry to interrupt you so i don't i know oh, it was good. pushed at target right so she was pushing yeah it that was at one target. of them. she was pushing it at target and i want to say harry did something with target too um so i mean it could just be like that that demographic is both like hit with those people is just like yeah people make target runs like that's a thing and if you have it at it's, that and you're showing like yeah the the gram it's at target you know where to go get it you want to do the same and replicate that picture with you and your your starbucks coffee and the the album and it's just like oh, a whole yeah. experience and i mean you're basically just telling people how to do stuff and then wanting them to do it and they're going to do it for the gram type thing it's uh, a, yeah it's like it's its own culture like with get, that thing yeah the fomo stuff the all that stuff like people if you put it out there they're going to want to do it if you have a big enough name like taylor does and 
people are going to copy it no matter what the quality of the actual album is. Yeah. So, so check this out. Like the, the numbers are staggering. So evidently Harry's house, Harry Styles album, it sold 182,000 copies of vinyl in its first week. And that was the standing record for the most amount of vinyl sold in one week um, or on launch week or whatever. She did 575,000. So compared to 182, like she demolished that and like at 30 bucks a pop, which is like over $15 million. Like that's, that's a lot of of revenue generated. Now, like you said, there's probably a, a big cost associated with that, but that's a lot of, of just revenue moving around off of that one thing. And that all contributed to the other, um, other stuff. You add that on top of like, it was the most streamed album in a day. So it broke Drake's record for, for certified lover boy. So, um, yeah, most streamed that she it was the most, she's the most streamed artist now on, on Spotify, which she broke Drake's record for that as well. And it's like, yeah, and That's this crazy. is crazy that, I wasn't aware of this one. So it says that only 22 albums have ever sold over a million in the first week and that she has five of them, like including this one. So she has more than any other artist. like selling yeah. a million in a week. I remember whenever, like during the heyday of record sales, um, Eminem, I think it was Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah, it was. Did, or either that or Eminem. Yeah, it was Marshall Mathers, right? It did 1.3 million mm-hmm. in, a, in a week. And that was like, staggering and that was you know there's no streaming there's no equivalent anything that's just straight up albums and um that was huge because not that many people have done it and she's done it five times through multiple eras you know what i mean through the streaming era and earlier so like props to her on all that type of stuff like like you said she knows what she's doing the strategy and the business is all it's there it's all on point i mean she's killing it with that you know that this this tour is about to break some other types of records yeah, um, for sure. It's definitely yeah. She still has that on top of everything. Like she's a yeah. She has a good good machine behind her. Like she's. It's not stopping her. It's just you know again you know. we just want the the quality of music to be there a little bit more. Um, and it, and it wasn't not to disappoint people, but like or say anything bad, but it was there. I was surprised about there wasn't that many features on here. Like we we mentioned Lana, but I I kind of wanted her to put a little bit more features on here um, just to kind of break it up yeah. a bit. I think it would have broke it up a, a bit more because a lot of it, like I said, sounded similar and this just has to do with her voice because um, she doesn't have a wide range uh, that she could go. Um, so I think yeah. some like having some features on there would have helped, um, especially with the longer album. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like any of the big names you could throw out there. Yeah. John Mayer or something like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, Mayor would have been good. There was a few artists that I kind of thought that might have done her some good to kind of have their either vocal or like mostly like and not saying that it has to be a male, but I think a male voice in there would have been pretty good to kind of break up. Compliments. Yeah, to compliment yeah. a bit. And that's why I said mayor and um someone, I don't know, even I would I don't know. I, I wouldn't like Ed Sharon with with her just because I don't like his voice too much, but um same. But <laughs> but it kind of makes sense yeah. a little bit. Like you could hear the yeah. Them making a song together, it wouldn't feel shocking. It would be like, okay, that kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Just oh. anybody who's just like major pop star. Really. I was really, I was really sad not to see Bad Bunny on here. I thought that was gonna break the internet. I was hoping that was gonna uh, happen. 
they had every opportunity to do that, to, to break the internet, get some, some Latin trap, some reggaeton crossover on that. You know what yeah. I mean? She sings in Spanish, which like, which, why hasn't she yet? Like well, the, you're supposed I, to I do mean, that eventually. I'll tell you why she hasn't fell in love with the, with the Spanish guy yet. So, uh, soon come, soon come. She'll, she'll get that flavor. And, uh, She'll be speaking in Spanish and saying Mexican cuss words and um, doing all that. And then she'll have Bad Bunny on the, on the track. And then she'll break There's, some records. Because if you want some people behind you, it's the uh, it's the brown people. I, so. I'm here for that, dude. Like, she needs to, like, end up with Maluma or somebody. Right? Like, Sounds I can see so that. Good. Dude, and, I, like, I wanted to get that influence. Like, I wanted to dress like a straight up, like, like East LA Chola too. Like at least sometimes <laughs> really lean like, to it with like the Taylor Swift lowrider and like like she's full oh, on yeah. in the culture, like handing out tacos and bolotas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dickies with with um uh with Nike Cortez, like she only wears hoop earrings moving forward. Like that would be dope. Like they're gonna get married. They'll be kind of like a Jay-Z and Beyonce, but an international version. Like, I think you're on to something, man. That's that's what she needs to do. Yeah, you're right on that, though. I, I honestly, maybe Bad Bunny's not even the, the answer to that. Maybe it is like one of those Malumas, Ozunas. I think they would actually sound better with her. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, maybe the remix is coming on one of these songs. The Lavender Haze, maybe. If they're like a, a, a brown haze or something, the remix of it. Right, some, some Hamaika tea or something. Like, yeah. you could... Dude, it's it's coming. <laughs> yeah, some horchatas or something like. Yeah, I was like, I knew you're gonna bust out with the horchata. Yo, if she comes out like in in two weeks, or even if she waits all the way until like Cinco de Mayo or something, if if she drops a, a Spanish version of it, dude, it switches it up a little bit. At Target with Starbucks, they could start selling horchatas, and they could just throw some some Swift Maluma, whatever you wanted to whatever Spanish guy you want to throw in there and it could be a Starbucks collab too, which is again, you know, I want to make some money. Just call us and we'll make you like billions of dollars. No, we'll hook it up. It might be at, at Fiesta foods. It might yeah. be like Abuelita's hot chocolate. You're, you're, you're in a mix. It's about to go, about to go No, you gonna dig this. Yo, yo, back again. Another fresh 15. Play 15 seconds. St. Chris's song. You know how we do this. We've been doing it for a while now. So getting some good feedback, man. I've had yeah. some good feedback on this. And like we've a lot of it has been just based on how varied and broad the stuff that we're sending. So like even if it's like not every single thing is landing with every single person that's giving me feedback. They just right. like hearing the, the, the kind of the, yeah, the differentness of it. And it's not random because it's not like, this is what we're actually listening to. It's not like we're just picking shit out of a hat or anything like that. But um, yeah, it's all over the place. So I would say I the one, it. the one thing that has like maybe everything in common is a lot of it has like just good soul into it. Like, like we talk about a lot of hip-hop but i think maybe last week was the first time i actually sent you a hip-hop song with the the jid yeah. song. um but i think most of it just is just like smooth and soulful and whatever 
genre it is it has that element into it which is universally loved by everybody so there's a common thread there's a yeah. common thread and we're we're just so fresh that this is what we do so <laughs> sure. yeah go ahead and set me up on this one man yeah so i sent you a song um by an artist named isaac lewis the song is called patient uh you're gonna love it as soon as you hear it i know it uh, but i wanted to touch on one isaac lewis so this song patient only has fifty four thousand streams his ig he only has two thousand followers you know very unknown artist uh, i came across him like all the kids do these days on on tiktok but uh tiktok and <laughs> there's there's a lot of w's coming off of tiktok man there's yeah. some good stuff much as old people want to bash it it's I've recently loved what my TikTok page has been doing and feeding out. Like the thirst traps have have went away and now it's actually quality stuff that is actually useful in everyday life. Um, but I've been getting some pretty good music and I and I got this one and uh I saved it and I can't wait for you to hear it because you're gonna instantly be grabbed. Cover art looks interesting. He's on a on an old school pinball machine. And whenever I actually select it in Spotify, it goes into that that sort of moving you know, short uh, yeah. looping. Clip. I love that about Spotify. They, they rolled that out, what, a few years ago. And it's honestly, yeah. I think it changes the whole listening experience for whatever reason. Like it, I don't know. Some of, some people can do it great. They utilize that, that page so well. And yeah, they sometimes do. it's not even like a lot. Sometimes it's just a cool looping picture. Like this one is just him yeah. playing a pinball machine in, in space. And for whatever reason, in it's cool looking. But it looks like real old school, like the polygonal sort of 3D rendering like that. Do you remember yeah. the Money for Nothing Dire Straits video from like the late 80s? Like yeah. it has that sort of thing. So it's like, and I, that's all intentional. It's like he's doing some sort of throwback, sort of retro thing. I mean, pinball machines. So yeah, I'm excited about hearing this because like, I like the whole aesthetic of it. All right, man. Push play. Right, so that's 15 seconds. I mean, it had me in three seconds, to be honest. It's the baseline. Like the baseline, it comes in and like, yeah, it's funny. You were talking about how everything has that soulfulness and it's like, you can't get more soulfulness than, than, than bass, than drums and bass whenever they're just in that pocket. And I already really dig the vibe of it. Yeah, let's get back into it. That's just about us when I'm by myself. to you and fuse our physical your heart is pumping through me visible i never leave if you could stay in place god damn dude that is so so good like you nailed it i mean you knew that i was gonna like it it's good music like you could be confident in that but like that is just Oh man, that is just, it's, it's so perfect. Like his vocals, so smooth and so clean. Um, nothing forced about it. Like the writing in it is like, I don't know. It's like real straightforward. It has like a sort of like traditionalness to it, but like 
you know, not dated by any means. It just has like this sort of retro flavor to it. And just a sincerity, especially if somebody who's, you know, probably, you know, a smaller act, like you were saying, like so clean, sounds so, so good. And I was waiting. I'm like, let's see what the hook does. I know that the hook is going to be fire. Then he hits like a little bit of falsetto in there and the hook really ties it together. Like, man, that is immediately going into the rotation, man. That's so, so good. It's good. And honestly, I haven't heard another song from his, so I'm not sure if this is the sound that he he kind of stays with uh yeah because i just saved it probably like maybe two nights ago um yeah but you're spot on so initially the and i don't know if it's a sample or if it's just the key that he plays and starts the bass with but Uh i got i got a lot of footsteps in the dark like isley brothers ice cube kind of feel to it like that like it's yeah that's good it's slightly there and I don't know if it's pulled from it or if it's just like slightly off from there. So yeah, it's kind of influenced by it. Yeah. So that initially like caught me was like, Oh, he's going to sample that, but it kind of strayed away from that a bit. And then his vocals came in and of course it's just right in the wheelhouse of what I listened to. And I, I think it was even better that he's just like not well known. And it's almost like we talked about the other day being early on something kind of brought me back to that to where it's like, man, this guy has 120,000 monthly listeners, which is very low. And this song only has 54,000 streams, which is low. And he just released something new. Yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see what the other other stuff sounds like. But this one was definitely hearted. And I played it a few times past couple of days and definitely almost sent it to you. But I was decided to share it tonight. So glad you like that. I'm glad that you saved that. Yeah. Definitely glad that you saved it. it. It that's that's so so good. The formula was there, like his his voice, the the bass, like you said, the, everything going on, and it was great. So yeah, it wasn't too far in any sort of direction. It wasn't overly indie sounding. It wasn't overly polished where it was trying to to be something very really commercial and specific. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna do a deep dive and go through the. I don't know, without hearing it, unless this is just some weird, like weird random one-off thing that he did. Right. If it sounds anything like that, then the rest of it's going to be great. Like you can just tell. I agree. I agree. We'll, we'll message back and forth and see what the rest yeah, of we'll the Yeah, we'll break it is. down. Um, let's get into yours. So you sent me, you sent me one. The name of it is Air Do The Q. Um, I think. Uh, it's by yeah. the the quiet super B, Miundo, Flowsick. It's a plethora of artists. Doktu that I don't know. Um, yeah. Album art. Show me the money five episode one. So it has like a little bit of like old mixtape mixtape. Um, no limit. Houston rap type album cover with the fire and stuff. So. Very interested on where this is going to go because I haven't heard any of these artists, nothing on my radar. Yeah, it's different. So like you said, so the the cover art and stuff, it looks very like DJ drama, DJ Clue mixtape sort of thing. So um, all of these artists are all South Korean. Some of them were born here, but um, they're all Korean. And yeah, basically, I just wanted to show you something that was just a little bit just kind of different. Some of the things to like, it, it's a posse cut. It's from like a kind of like a mixtape, 
EP sort of thing. It's from 2016. In terms of how I came across it, I don't know where I started with some of the like Korean, like R&B and hip hop stuff, but it's really good. And I was surprised at how attainable it is. And, and I have a little bit of a theory on it that we can discuss, but you can get it kind of started out. Um, and it's going to be kind of two sections. We'll start out. You can listen to the initial part. Then we're going to skip ahead a little bit. And um, so you can hear, hear the direction that it goes in. Let's do it. Air, do the cue. Yo, I'd like to welcome y'all to my mom booking team. Dope, Special shout out to Hyung. Let's go. Backpack rap is a trap rap and everything. So that's 15. I, w- I didn't know what it going into it. Of course, you kind of set it up a little bit, it being hip hop and stuff like that. So a little bit of English, a little bit of Korean in there started out it's really just him kind of setting up he hasn't went in yet but yeah it's gonna be an, an ease in so that was the first 15 let's let's keep going keep moving yeah yeah Nando finally made it top six stain I really like it. It's pretty dope, man. You know, you don't think that you're going to be able to enjoy it, but it's actually dope, isn't it? I uh I enjoyed it to where it was just like making me smile like every so often just because it was one nostalgic two they would throw in English every once in a while so you would not know anything what they're talking about but it just sounded good it's like they they knew it was going to sound like these few words in English was going to sound good and then they just transition back to Korean and it just works so initially big like Wu-Tang Posse cut vibes, um, yeah. even like a little bit of like most deaf de la soul type thing where he's coming in and out. So that was, of course, just I mean, it sounds great sonically. Um, and then it kind of cuts into like you said that that minute forty five to where it almost goes like new school with it to where it's like a new type of posse cut and it's like like current rap and. Uh, it sounds good too. I'm trying to think who he reminds me of. The, the guy that comes in with the more kind of deeper type of grimyish rap, and yeah, I can't put my finger on it right now. But it was very enjoyable uh, without just like knowing what they were talking about and like the lyrics not yeah. being there. But sound was great, and I mean, it sounds great. Like it could be replicated like with any artist posse cut, like with in English, you know rappers and stuff like that so um yeah i dig it it was, it was fun it was fun to listen to that's for sure yeah it, it hits in the car too because it's like especially after that change up like you said it's, it starts out with those like sampled drums and and stuff like that so it sounds kind of like old school traditional hip-hop then it drops into that sort of like trappish beat and 
like, and it just goes off. Like you said, there's a little bit of English in there. So it, it kind of helps, but then like the flow without knowing what he's saying, you can hear the flow that you're just like, this dude is going off. I don't even know what he's saying, but I can tell that he's going off. And like, whenever that kick drum starts hitting like harder and he's, he's following the, the pattern of the kick drum, the, that third guy who starts out the, after the transition. And then it goes into that, the, the fourth guy where the, the melody kind of drops out and his voice is also kind of deep and gritty. And, um, and it just fits with that sort of vibe. So it was something that like, I never expected to be able to, to get into music like that. Like just not being able to just understand the, the language whatsoever, like zero, um, you know, understanding of the language, but it just showed you like, you know, how much of it is, is just kind of a vibe. We talked about it with like bad Bunny, where people who don't have, who don't understand Spanish or have strong Spanish, um, they can still get into it just because of, what it sounds like and they can still appreciate it at all those other levels without, without understanding it. And it's, and it's still enjoyable for them. And, um, in like, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a little bit of a stretch, but it's like, you can listen to some like mumble rappers that are heavily auto-tuned and stuff like that, not understand them either. Like, yeah. and it, it truly is kind of mumbled, but because of the sound that it just the way that it comes across, you still end up enjoying it anyway. Like yeah. think about like a Don Tolliver or something. I never know what the hell he's saying. Like yeah. he's so un- like unintelligible, but it, he's, he's so good. He just sounds good. And like his delivery and these guys have a good delivery. And then like you get this sort of like, we talk about that sincerity and it's funny how without understanding the lyrics, you can still tell that like they're hip hop fans. Like this is what they do. I, I Googled them and looked it up just to get a little bit more background. All these guys are like right around in our same age too which adds up. I'm sure that they were influenced by the same type of hip hop that we grew up on. And then yeah. that's where you get that from um, that sort of sound and stuff. But like the other thing I was going to mention is that like with certain foreign languages, like the pronunciation sometimes doesn't match up where you can get it where it sounds similar enough. Like, cause I've listened to, to hip hop from like from Germany and from all these other places. And sometimes it sounds so different from English that it doesn't work, but Korean, for whatever reason, the cadence of it and the the enunciation is kind of similar to English, like in a certain way in terms of like the stress syllables and stuff. So if you're listening to the hip hop, I think that's what makes it a little bit easier to listen to. Yeah. You know, it, it it hits kind of the same, even though it's you don't understand it. So then you can kind of get the flow aspect of it. So yeah, a little bit different. I mean not a little bit quite a bit different but um pretty still good, good stuff still good and still fresh um still fresh internationally fresh bro we're, we're <laughs> just keeping it fresh all over the globe next next episode we should just learn different languages to say fresh <laughs>